Okay, Ron, thank you so much, and good evening, everyone. It's good to have you with us, and we thank you for uh, the opportunity to come, and we uh, are so thankful that you chose to take a 45-minute or an hour out of your uh, lifetime to uh, be with us and to get an understanding of a little more of God's Word that He has left for us. And uh, the uh, tape study for uh, this study this day is 155. And so this will be the 155th hour uh, that we uh, set before you and uh, and brought these uh, seven last epistles that the Apostle Paul wrote. And we're in about the sixth or seventh one. And uh, or we're in about the fifth or sixth one. I'm sorry. And uh, we're getting close to the end of First Timothy. And uh, as we normally do, and especially for those that have never been with us uh, in our studies uh, for this, we uh, we started started it about three years ago, or close to it anyway. It's it's run that far, and there's been a little time or two that we weren't able to bring it because we weren't in a place to where we could broadcast, and uh, or, or didn't have the means to broadcast uh, for a couple of times, but. This is what the Apostle Paul got uh, as he uh, began his stay uh, in when he uh, got out of the shipwreck and left Crete and at the end of the book of Acts and that he had got this understanding of this mystery truth and uh when he had the meetings a couple of times with the with the people that were there uh, concerning the word of God, and he had appealed to Caesar to uh, get a charge taken from him that uh, had been he had been charged with by the Israelites, and uh, so he was appealing to the high to the high court of that time and that day. There and so he did have that one kind of taken care of, but then they, while he was still in that area, uh, he was uh, taken prisoner again or put back in jail again. And uh, so we've been looking at all these things, and, and Paul also not only was he given. Uh, the uh, the system of right division by the Lord Jesus Christ, but he he also put kind of put Paul in charge of of this uh, thing after he uh, struck him down on the Damascus Road in Acts ten nine and ten, and uh, so we've. Uh, we're looking at this and, and realizing 
that Paul had used his ministry all down through the book of Acts to uh, to get to this point in his life and to get to the point there that he could teach others what they needed to know about this understanding. And here he is writing back to Timothy because if you look back into uh, in 1 Timothy 1, uh, Timothy had been left uh, there to uh, make sure that uh, the teachers were teaching in the assemblies and were teaching uh, the doctrines that, that Paul had gotten from God and was doing it uh, rightly divided. And so uh, we've gotten this far down into these seven epistles and uh, hopefully the Lord will allow us time to go on and to finish these. But we're using a workman's interlinear that our friends uh, put together. They lived in West Virginia, United States of America, USA. And their names were Jack and Melda Eberly, E-B-E-R-L-E, Eberly. And Jack uh, spent a lot of time on this workman's interlinear doing it, and it does have the Koine Greek in it, but they also did translate it back from uh, one of the 1800 Bibles or 1700 Bibles that Jack used and uh, and we use the uh, King James Version now and, and we use the Companion Bible and what we do as uh, we take it verse by verse and we read out of the Companion Bible that verse of Scripture and I, I make my notes with it and then after I do that we take it down out of the Koine Greek and read what Jack has given us. And then he did his notes on it, and he also left Scripture. And he leaves Scripture for us to look at because the Scripture testifies of itself. It always has and always will. And that's the truth that we get from that. You know, the Israelites started out with basically with it and what Moses got from God and others, you know, it was written in Scripture. And uh, the Israelites wouldn't believe it if it, it really very much unless they had proof that it had been written somewhere, that it had been told to somebody by God and they had written it down. And... Uh, and so that's, I think that's the reason some believed and some didn't believe, uh, to that extent. So here we are. And, uh, not to take up a lot more time, we'll go ahead and open your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to pick up where we left off last week, uh, or last time, and, and we're going to do verse 4. Uh, starting tonight and we're dealing with uh, Paul's admonition here to Timothy telling Timothy 
continually telling Timothy what he'd run into when he started teaching and preaching this. And, uh, and so, uh, there was a lot of, uh, instructions that went on here. It wasn't so much for correction, but it was instruction. But the corrections come from the reading of these verses that we're going to read at the end of each verse here that Jack left with us. And, and Jack Everly was a good friend of mine, he and his wife, and, and, uh, we still, here at True for Today, sell some of their books. And uh, I got one here in front of me right now that uh, he gave me. And uh, if sometime you're in Washington, D.C. and want to go to the Library of Congress, you can, you can get a chair there somewhere and sit down and get this book out, open it up and read it. And that's something that's not very much done concerning Christianity and in today's uh, Library of Congress. But they did choose to put this book in the Library of Congress. It's got a number and you can can look at get somebody to look at the index and get it you can get it out and look at it for yourself. And we have them. Not Trying to sell Bibles or not selling books, but we we do have them. So the sixth chapter of First Timothy uh, basically verse one and two went with chapter five, but verse three. From verse 3 to verse 21, in the structure and that we have in the companion Bible, uh, this is, uh, we've been talking about, uh, servants and bond servants dealing with their masters. And here it goes down to, we're dealing from verse 3 now, down through verse 21 with false teachers. And so there, evidently there's been a falling away here of these people that, uh, some of it they didn't want to believe. Because when you have new stuff, a lot of old people don't want to believe new stuff. It's, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, they say. So, uh, this is, this was part of what Paul was telling Timothy to look for as he became a witness of God's word to the people that he met concerning this truth that we now understand. Okay, so uh, the admonition here from verse 3 to verse 21 is, and the word admonition is means a mild rebuke or reprimand of false teachers. So, this entails about 21 verses here that we haven't got through yet, or 20 verses, because we did one already. We're going to start in verse 4. And so I'm going to read like I've been reading, and then we'll go from there. Verse 4 
of 1 Timothy 6 says this. He is proud, and this is comes from verse 3 about any man teaching otherwise. But it says, He is proud knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words. Whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings. <clears throat> and so, here in this verse of Scripture, is they're just jumping into it with both feet. And uh, this was the reason Timothy was left uh, from Paul and the reason that Timothy wasn't under the teaching of Paul here face to face. And so out of my notes, I put it this way. He is proud or puffed up. This was any man that we read in verse 3. Knowing, he says, he is proud knowing. And, and this is a result of prolonged attention or a mere casual acquaintance with it. Because there's a lot of people that get a little bit of knowledge and they try to embellish it to a point where it may not be knowledge when they get finished with it. And that's what a false teacher is a lot of times. When they add their worth to it, it sometimes is not worth a lot. And so this was the, this was the uh, rebuke or the reprimand that uh, we need to look at here. He is proud knowing nothing, doting about questions, says, about true knowledge. He knows nothing about true knowledge, doting about questions. Uh, and it becomes really, to some people, kind of like an illness. And it can become something like Alzheimer's if you let it get to you to a point to where what you think you know and what God has given you to know doesn't add up together. Okay? So it could be as an illness. And it talks about strifes of words. Whereof comes envy, strifes, railings, and evil submissions. And so that's, when I looked at it and when I studied this verse out, and when I looked up my study helps, this is what I came up with so that we can understand verse 4 a, a little better. And, it's, and when you go to the Koine Greek, we hope we've got Jack's book open and his wife had written this or typed this and it, and to bring it down from the Koine Greek which I cannot read very much of but Jack has done a great service to us by bringing it in into uh, things that we can understand and here we go and it says, out of the Koine Greek, he is puffed up, nothing knowing, 
but rather sick concerning process of iniquity and disputes out of which comes envy, strife, blasphemous, blasphemies, and suspicious suspicions wicked. So out of the Koine Greek, that's what that gives us when Jack brings it out of the Koine into the English. And he also brings it down to the more modern English. And you can kind of notice that the uh, King James Version kind of uh, signifies this when we look at it in, in the more modern English. It says, He is puffed up. Knowing nothing but rather sick concerning process of inquiry and disputes out of which comes envy, strife, blasphemies, and wicked suspicions. Okay. Uh, Jack also uh, does a little note giving to here on this verse of Scripture. And here's what he left us with. He said, This man who cannot condone the sound doctrine knows knows nothing. He does not have healthy thought processes, but is rather dizzied and cloudy in his mind. He is unable to make clear decisions concerning disputes and the things of that like, concerning envy, strife, blasphemies, wicked suspicions. They all come from this. And these ones who will not assent to sound doctrine of the Word. Conflagrations, evil imaginations, brawling, and the like are natural consequences of these who cannot follow the simple, honest teachings of the Word of God. And so that's Jack's notes on that verse of Scripture. And certainly, uh, Jack didn't mince words and Jack would not put anything in in his book that he would uh, that he didn't think it was right to do. So here we are. Now there's a few things here that we need to look at concerning Scripture. It goes with this verse here because if you go back and you look, I said in the beginning at Scripture, it testifies of itself. So, we're going to look at at uh, a few verses of Scripture, and we're going to start with the book of Psalms. And we're going to go back to Psalms 59, and we're going to read a couple of verses there. In Psalms 59 in the Companion Bible, uh, we're going to look at page 775, but now, if you have another Bible... I can't tell you the, the, 
what you you have, but here uh, I use the companion Bible most all the time. And we're going to look at verses 12 and 13. And verse 12 is on page 775 and 13 is on page 776. And it says this, For the sins of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them let them even be taken in their pride, full stop. And for cursing and lying, which they speak. And of course now we're talking here about false teachers. It says, consume them in wrath. Consume them that they may not be. And let them know that God ruleth in Jacob unto the ends of the earth. Selah. So that's Psalms 59, 12 and 13. Okay. Keep your fingers pretty close at hand if you're turning in a Bible because we're going from there to Proverbs 6. We're going to Proverbs 6. And we're going to look at 16 through 19 and that's on page 872. Let me get, let me get where I'm going. I'm on 7. Let me back up the page. Okay, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. 16 through 19, it says, talking about six things that the Lord doth hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, the hands that shed innocent blood, the heart that devises wicked imaginations, Feet that be swift and run into mischief. A false witness that speaks lies. And he that soweth discord among brethren. Those are the things that God hates or despises. So you see, we're not left in the dark with what Paul has written here to Timothy. Because the Bible speaks of these sorts of things. And this is the reason we look at them at the end of each verse because it gives you a picture, if you will, in your mind that you may have not have had before. You know, the, the likes and dislikes of God, the, the things that He hates, uh, the attributes that the Scripture ascribes to Him are... are the same regardless of dispensation. Yeah. Because he is what he is. And if he hates something in one dispensation, pretty good bet he hates it in another dispensation. Yeah, either before or after. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Another place in Proverbs is a page or two over at 
to chapter 8. Now, I had my bookmark, so that's the reason I went to 7 and 8 first. But we're going to go to Proverbs 8, and we're going to look at 12 through 14 on page 874. So we're going to look at 12 through 14 in Proverbs 8 while we're here. Uh, yeah, Proverbs 8, 13. It says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way. And the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. I want to read 15 too. Because we always need to remember this. Because God is the ruler of the universe. All things are His. And... He could certainly have control at his wish. And he says, By me kings reign, and princes decree justice. By me princes rule, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. So you see, God has a throne that he sits on. And He is the supreme ruler where we believe it or where we don't. Okay. Well, let's don't stop there. Let's just turn to Proverbs 12. Or 13. No, Proverbs 13.10. And I'm not sure that I marked this in my Bible, but I will look at it anyway. I'm having trouble finding it myself. So. Proverbs 13.10 2 uh, 10 through 14. Proverbs 13, 10 through 14. Only by pride cometh contention. But with the well advised is wisdom. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But he that garneth by labor shall increase. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is free. It is a, a tree of life. Whose despiseth the word shall be destroyed. But he that feareth the commandments shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. And he talks on about good understanding. We can't go wrong when we look at God's Word concerning understanding. 
wisdom, knowledge, and understanding all go together. Understanding is the receiving of the wisdom and getting the knowledge to use it. It's just that simple. That's the reason I started out three years ago calling my study wisdom. And God has given it in many different ways and in different systems and different ways of doing it in many different times. And so this is the reason we have all these things that we can look at make our determinations that we're on the right track or the wrong track. And it doesn't take a whole lot if you have the Holy Spirit living within you to know when you get off the right track. Because that's what the Holy Spirit is there for, is to guide and direct you. It is your GPS. And GPS, in my book, is God's perfect Son. It's not something I got in my car to let me know whether I'm lost or not. Because as long as I have God's Holy Son in my heart and the Holy Spirit, I'm never lost. It don't matter if I don't know where I'm at. But I'm never lost. Okay. Turn with me to First Timothy. There's a couple more, two more places that we need to look at. First and second Timothy. In first Timothy, I want to go back to, uh, verse one, read verse one, two, and three. And that's on page 1800 if you have a companion Bible. We're going to read three verses here. Paul and Apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Under Timothy. Here's the address on the envelope. Under Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went to Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. I'm going to add verse 4 to it. Neither giving heed to fables, endless genealogies, which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. So do. Now, Second Timothy. I want to go to 2 Timothy 2. You know, I've said in the last three years we've been to 2 Timothy 2 enough to where we shouldn't have to go through it, but we're going to do it if the Lord will. And we're going to look at 2 Timothy 2.14. And I wrote in my Bible in the, in the index or the edge of the page a long time ago in this Bible that I have 
And I said, this is the good deposit. And I still believe that. Of these things, put put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. To put these things in remembrance always to realize what a lie can do to a man that supposedly is teaching the truth. He becomes, as he goes and goes, he becomes more and more deeper into the pit full of lies that he produces. It's just that simple. And so if we remember this, of these things put them in remembrance. Paul says, remember this. I'm not going to be here any longer. This is the last epistle that I'm going to write to anybody. Charge them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit. You can't get profit out of a lie. It will not stand on its own merits. The lie doesn't stand on its own merits. But God understood that and He understood Satan and how Satan used that. And Satan always uses that against the Word of God. Because there's still enmity between the seeds, folks, if you go back to Genesis 2. That's when we were put in this warfare that goes on between God and Satan in Genesis 2. There was a warfare there when Eve met Satan in the Garden of Eden. And we're still in that warfare. If we believe God's Word, then there's going to be opposition to it by those that love the lie and love the money. The gold and the silver that comes from this land. And so this is this is what Paul is telling Timothy. Timothy, I left you over there in Ephesus, but I'm going to try to get you back over here. This was the letter of trying to get him back to him. First and second Timothy is to try to get him back. Because Paul wanted to tell Timothy this face to face. But at this point, he couldn't do it. And so, this is the letters. Okay, turn with me back to 1 Timothy 6 again. And we'll take up another verse. That was that was verse 4. But it continues on in verse 5. And so I'm going to read you verse 5 like I did 4. Then I'll read you my notes and we'll do this thing over again. Because we we now can see that there's a falling away. And we can see that there are people that will go out and get a little bit of understanding and then try to put their own slant on it 
and come up in the hole of lies, in the abyss of lies. And it says in verse 5 of 1 Timothy 6, Perverse disputings of men, corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that they gain that that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself. Well, what's he really talking about here? We're reading about things of the latter day. Well, what are the churches? I'll say it churches, but I should say assemblies. They look at how many people they got there rather than what they're teaching. And they're supposed to be teaching the Word of God. But they get numbers in their mind. Because they grew up earning wealth. And wealth is known in numbers. Just like what he's reading here about this. Perverse disputings of man. And these perverse disputings, there's a word in the Koine Greek, and it's diaparatribe. And that means empty arguments. Perverse disputings. They're empty arguments that encases the minds of men in a prisons of numbers. Do you know of any time in your life that numbers are used more than they use today? All these things we carry in our pockets, all these things that's sitting on our desk with screens and all this, all that is numbers. And so guess what? We begin to get filled with numbers and if, if we can entice somebody in some way to come and listen to us, that that makes our testimony greater than it was before. But nah, wait a minute. Timothy, I think he was going to get in some of this too because he needed to know this because these words that we're trying to put forth today come from that time, from that early time in A.D. And Paul's writings from A.D. 60 on through until his death. Those last few years were something that gives us a picture back from what we're looking at today back to what was even going on in that day and age. Because a lot of times people count the number that they have in their assembly. And I don't usually say church too often, but I do sometimes. But I learned it's better to say assembly. 
And their mind becomes a prison of numbers of corrupt minds. It is in a state to perish or to be destroyed. Think about that a minute. Destitute, without worth. That's what to perish means. If you get to a point to where your mind is gone, you don't have very much of a life left. And the testimony that you leave should be enough because God has dealt with you in your life when it wasn't that way. But Paul is telling Timothy, look, bud, if you're destitute of the truth, you ain't worth much. I'll just put it in good, plain South Carolina English. You ain't worth much if you have to lie about everything you do. Truth, truth, truth is the basis of God's dealing with us. Satan was the author of the lie. God cannot stay in a place where the lie is established. That's the reason when he showed up, to talk to Moses when the bush was burning. He said, Son, pull off your shoes, the ground you're standing on is holy ground. I have made it pure. And the bush was burning and wasn't consumed. That's the fire of God. That's the fire that can't be destroyed only by the one who created it can destroy it. We can burn things up but we're just changing the process of it. It can be burned up from our use but not from God's knowledge. Okay. Destitute. Without worth of the truth supposing with the idea that gain is godliness. Whoa. You go and talk to a Baptist preacher and the first thing he'll ask you, where are you going to church? And if you say, I don't go to church, as you know church, then he said, well, what's your numbers? Like, the more people you get, the more godliness you have. That's not necessarily so. If you're not teaching it, they're not getting it. Yeah, that were true. The and I, Islam would be uh, <laughs> way on up there, right? Yeah, yeah. And so... Supposing with the idea that gain in numbers is godliness, full stop, 
It says, from such, depart or withdraw thyself. If they're not teaching the truth, get away from it. Move on. Because God has something that He needs you to do for Him. Because, for one thing, if you've been chosen, if you have the Holy Spirit living within you, then you have a reason to be here. And God has given you that reason because He has not taken the check of breath away from you. You were given breath at birth. That's what you got. When you die, you can't even take the breath back. God God can get it, but you can't take it back. But He can get what He needs through the Holy Spirit back to give you life again. And that's as simple as I can make it. So, godliness is not in numbers. It's in truth. It's in what He has said and what He has done. And I don't mean to try to preach because I'm no preacher. But I'm trying to bring it to you that you and I will remember what we need to do. Okay. Let's look at Jacks. Verse 5. Did I turn the page? Yeah, I turned the page. Okay. In verse 5, the Koine Greek says this, Empty arguments, corrupted of men, the mind, and the destitute of truth, holding gain to be the godliness. And to bring it down to the more letter English, it says, Empty arguments of corrupted men of mind, destitute of the truth, holding gain to be the godliness. Well, they look at the number instead of what's being put forth. And here's what Jack said about it. These people are those who would argue from a lack of understanding to establish untruths. They have no knowledge or understanding of the truth of the Word. Perhaps they would be akin to those who count heads and claim that their programs and their entertainments brings good growth to God's body. Woo! That's really putting the, putting the sock on the foot, isn't it? They have no wisdom in spiritual matters, having forsaken spiritual truth and supposing that as what they call gain is godliness. Paul doesn't mince words, folks. 
And what God had given Paul to give to Timothy was something that was not going to get stamped out in A.D. 85 or A.D. 100. Here we are in 2022 still talking about these very things. Okay, you want to look at the notes? I mean, you, you want to look at, let's just look at the, uh, scripture that goes with this. And there, there's not that many, and I don't know how close I am to being done. Okay. Let's, let's do this kindly in a hurry, and I won't keep you all night. Okay. Uh, let's go back to the book of Mark. Matthew, Mark. Everybody knows where Matthew, Mark is. And we're going to go to Mark 10. And we're going to look at 19 through 22, page 1407. If you have a companion Bible. Mark 10, 19 through 22. Okay, 10.19 says this, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, this, this was somebody that Jesus was talking to, and he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven. And come, and take up the cross and follow me. And this person was sad at that saying, and he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Wow. Christ was telling, boy, what you had is not worth a hill of beans, but what you will get cannot be counted in wealth. It would surpass any number that he would know. Okay. That gives you a little start, doesn't it? Okay, I want to go to the book of Acts. I want to go to Acts 8. We'll rush on here. Get through this. Acts 8, we're going to look at 8. We're going to look at verse 19 through 24 on page 1596 if you have a companion Bible. 819. And we're going to look at 19 through 24. Yeah. Say, oh, there was a man named Simon. He, he saw uh, the apostles laying hands, and the Holy Ghost was given 
by the laying on of hands, and Simon, uh, Simon offered them money. Well, 19 saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, that he might receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou that hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, in this thy wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. So, see, he realized immediately that he had asked for the wrong thing in the wrong way. And that's, you know, that, that, that happens. People, you know, get to looking, okay. Now go with me from Acts to the book of Romans. Let's, let's look at Romans 128 for a minute. Uh, Romans 128. That's on page 16, 85 or 65, 65. And Paul talks to the Romans about this for a little bit. And, uh, 28, 32. And it says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, that God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Any of these come to mind of maybe somebody that you dealt with somewhere? It says, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. My goodness. You got enough yet? First Corinthians uh First Corinthians five. No, let me see. First Corinthians six. I'm sorry. First Corinthians six. Boy, there's a lot written in Corinthians about uh this is uh Paul has written to the Corinthians to straighten them out, first and second Corinthians. Amen. Book of Correction. It's it's the book of correction. And buddy, let me tell you, we're gonna read verses five through nine in chapter six. 
He says, Speak to your shame. It is so that there is not a wise man among you, no, not one, that shall be able to judge between his brother. But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore there is utterly a fault among you, because you go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be the defrauded? Nay, you do wrong and defraud, and that was your brother. Knowing ye not that the unrighteous that shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, or effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. So there's always a list that goes with these things. And then let's, let's turn the page and go seven. We're just about done. And go to chapter 7 and look at verses 5 and 6 there. 5 and 6 says in, in 1 Corinthians 7, Defraud ye not one another, one the other, except it be with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for you in contingency. But I speak this by permission and not of commandment, for I would that all men were even as I myself, that every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. Okay. And we're going to look at Second Corinthians. Uh, four. Second Corinthians four. We're going to look at sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. And he says, "For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment." worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Always keep that in mind. That the things you see are temporal. They're, they're here for your use. But you can't take them with you. Not even your breath. And that's the reason we need to fear God because He is the giver of life and He is the giver of breath. Okay. That was, uh, 2 Corinthians 4. We're going to look at 2 Timothy 3. I'm going to go back where we were just a few minutes ago. Only another chapter over. 2 Timothy 3. 
And we're going to look at uh, verses 1 through 5. This knowing that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. But, and I put in my notes, but now I don't think I read them to you. But now, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, for such turn away. And that's kind of the way it is in this day and age. And then there's one other place that I want you to read, and it's turn to the next book, which is Titus. And I want to go first chapter, verse 10 through 14, and we'll be done. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, says the Christians are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth unto the pure. All things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him being an abominable and disobedient and to every good work reprobate. So that's kind of where we are today, isn't it? Paul was right on the mark telling young Timothy, boy, what you're going to see down the road, you're going to curl your hair if it's not curled already. (laughs) And I ain't got much hair left, but what little I got is beginning to curl up really heavy. And the fact that people don't want to hear the truth of God and they want to go to these big uh, brick and mortar buildings with steeples, look around at the people and say, boy, this must be where God's dwelling because they're here. That's just the place. But they need to listen to what's being taught because it may not be. It may not be. It may be in their programs. It may be in their entertainment. 
And that's maybe what they're there for is to be entertained rather than to get the truth of God's Word. I hate to say it, but that's that's kind of the way it is. And I, I didn't want to come off like I'm preaching, but you can't hardly help but do it when you're talking about these kind of things because they need to be understood and they need to be realized. And thank you for being with me and uh, for this time that we've had set aside. And uh, God bless you for your love and understanding and bless you for your testimony. Because that's about all we have left in this whole world that's any good is our testimony concerning the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father that left us with all this information that we need to take to heart and use it according to His will and purpose. God bless you. Hope to hear from you again. And have a good week. And if the Lord willing, we'll meet again this time next week. And carry it on. Until we get, at least until we get the end of these books, (laughs) if, if the Lord willing. Thank you so much.